gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Script Show, where we talk about your favorite movies. What was good, what was bad, and what we can improve on these movies. We don't just talk about the problems, we get solutions to the problems. And my lovely guest today, one of the three people that I get in trouble with on a regular basis that McGonagall is going to write us up about, <laughs> Dr. Sam. It's great to... Who's the other person that you get in trouble with all the time? Sager. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm ready for a magical podcast, Ooh. and uh, it's going to be quite a... Uh, a wizard adventure. <laughs> Damn, I didn't even think about using that joke. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. So... I, I think I ruined it for later because I know you would have thought of it. Uh, maybe. No, I'll call back to it. I'll call back to it. <laughs> uh, Sam, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the spin-off uh, series from Harry Potter that takes place in the 1920s in America. Uh, that's kind of how how the magical world ended up the way that it is in the 20th century. It's something, man. It's, what it's what were your thoughts of this? My thoughts on Fantastic Beasts, well, should, do you want to talk about Harry Potter now, or do you want to wait to do that later? Uh, sure. A lot, of the, a lot of the thoughts really do depend on what you think about Harry Potter. General thoughts of Harry Potter, don't go Yeah, general drive, thoughts about but... Harry Potter, I really like it a lot. Obviously, yeah. it was my childhood growing up. Uh, watching the movies, I remember exactly where I was when I saw most of them, especially the later ones. I I really like them a lot, except for one, but we can get to that later. <laughs> uh, and Fantastic Beasts, when I saw it the first time, I saw it my opening weekend, and I had a really good time. It was a fun film. I saw it with my sister and my parents, and they uh, they all enjoyed it. My mom and dad were very confused, <laughs> as parents are wont to be. I hope you guys are listening. Hi, mom and dad. Uh, my sister loves Harry Potter. She's actually going to a Harry Potter-themed wedding in, like, a week or two. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is actually very oh good timing. Oh, my God. I would actually, love... a lot of what's happening right now is very good timing with my life. <laughs> I'll tell about it later, too. Cool. Who in our age, like, doesn't like Harry Potter? Like, it was, like, one of the first books I really read as a kid, book series. I remember, like, when I read the seventh book, um, my mom was, like, the first one that had finished it and was tentatively, like, waiting for me to finish. And before, I had, like, 20 pages left, and I shut it. And my mom was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't want it to finish. And then she was like, no, finish. We need to talk about it. Because my uh, other family wasn't as into Harry Potter as us. And when we first watched this, myself and my mom liked the film. My brothers and dad were also very confused and were like, very like, yeah, what is this? Wands and elves? I don't get this. And yeah, OK. I mean, looking back on it now. Compared to the other Harry Potter films, it's probably in the lower tier. Did you say. did you read the Fantastic Beasts like spinoff book? No, okay. I didn't. I, I like didn't my mom did, but it's not. It's just like a little like oh here's a beast and what's it's about right. It's not yeah. actually like it's, a story. It's like a fake textbook. Yeah, I sort of do wish this was a book first. Um, we can get yeah. into that more later, but I think that would have done a lot better if this was a book first. But yeah, overall the movie itself. It's a, it's a fine time. I had a I enjoyed it. There's definitely fast moments, slow moments, moments that are good, and moments that could use some improving. It's not a mess, but I feel weird that we're about to criticize J.K. Rowling's writing. <laughs> what you mean, the richest woman in all of England? Just like someone that is like undoubtedly a very good writer, you yes. know? Oh, she's and definitely a good writer, and she actually wrote the script for this. That's movie what I'm too. saying. Like we're but. criticizing her. 
I don't think we're criticizing. We're about to summarize, uh, give detail to, and really workshop what works and what doesn't. Every everyone could use a little extra uh, help every once in a while. That's true. That's true. So should we just go and summarize this uh, creature? Yeah. Also, I mean, if we want to flip the script, J.K. Rowling can give me like (laughs) feedback on my scripts any day. I I encourage this. Please tell me what I'm doing right and wrong. Yes, honestly, yeah. Those nomads, man. Just you know, come on, J.K. Treat the nomads better. Perfect. All right, let's get into it. The first thing we actually open with is a weird, dark, like, Harry Potter got dark towards the end. Mm-hmm. But we open with these th- people, like, with they're holding their wands, walking forward, and a giant flame just, like, engulfs them and just, like, <laughs> kills them on the spot. And we go behind, we go behind this guy who's, like, got this platinum, like, white blonde hair. And then we go to the newspapers, which is a weird first moment, but sure. I don't like the newspaper way of describing everything. Like, I mean, on. it's the easiest way of getting through things. It's saying that Grindelwald is like a, a wizard terrorist. Yeah. And that's all you need to know. He's been on the loose. A lot more, you know, deaths have been happening. And then we see a picture of the Statue of Liberty and it starts moving because we're going to America. Oh, this is America. But, but. Oh, no, we cannot is. afford that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we are introduced to our main protagonist, Newt Scamander. And he is on a ship heading from uh, England to America via New York. He stops at a little custom exchange, and it's just him and his little suitcase. But his suitcase keeps popping open a little bit. And he's like, oh, no, don't open it up. It's okay, everyone. Everything's fine. He's like, I really need to fix this. <laughs> and he puts the suitcase down, and the, the check guy's like, what's in here? Any livestock, which is a weird way to describe an animal that's going to fit into a suitcase. Then he uh, flips a little switch that says muggle safe. Guy opens it. It's just some clothes. Closes it. Newt grabs it back, and he wanders to... uh, The bank. He wanders to the bank, but outside the bank, he sees these... Uh, what are they called? The New Salem Initiative or something. Yeah, they're just basically a bunch of, like, nomads that don't like wizards. <laughs> they don't... It's basically they're saying that magic exists and we need to hunt down all the witches and wizards that there are out there. It's this crazy woman and her uh, son, Credence. Well, They're son, like orphans. Yeah. Adopt. Like, there's a few kids that she kind of takes on as her own. Mm-hmm. And it's Credence and this other girl, mostly. And he looks very sad, but the other girl's, like, super into killing witches and wizards. Yeah, she very much is. And Newt realizes that one of his animals has gotten free. Do we have a name we want to call this guy? Uh, Like, we don't... A Niffler. A Niffler? Yeah, he's... uh, A Niffler has escaped, and he really likes shiny things. Yes. And, uh uh-oh, he's outside of a bank. Yep, and oh, man, hilarity. And so this other woman sort of notices Newt, and she's eating a hot dog. And man, is she eating a hot dog weirdly. <laughs> well, she clearly doesn't like this hot dog. She's just trying to look inconspicuous. <laughs> so she watches Newt, and uh, Newt goes inside the bank. And so he's looking around for this one creature, and this one man, Jacob, sits next to Newt, who has the exact same suitcase as him. Uh-oh, what's going to happen here? Newt asks Jacob why he's yeah. here. Jacob says, oh, I'm here to try and open up a bakery. He's like, what are you here for? And Newt's like, same, same thing as you. as you. And he's like, whoa, I can't what a coincidence. You open a bakery, too. <laughs> but Newt tries to get his Niffler back, but he leaves behind a little magical egg. Uh, and Jacob's like, hey, you left your egg. Newt pull, magically pulls uh, Jacob towards him, and the egg, little egg hatches. He's a little <laughs> cute little, little magical birdie boy. Yep. 
in between that, Newt gets rejected for his bakery, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jacob? Yes, sir, Jacob. Well, of course, Newt got rejected. He has no, he has nothing to prove. He has no, no pastries. <laughs> which is actually kind of funny in Jacob's suitcase. It's just pastries, which is a weird thing to put in a suitcase. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's going to be all sticky. And and he does a, it's a really good joke where he shows the pastries and then the bank guy's like, so what are you willing to put down as collateral? And Jacob just looks at his suitcase and just does a, like a, a Vanna White, like from Wheel of Fortune, hand wave in front of his pastries. Because <laughs> Jacob, you know, can't. But uh, he gets rejected. He gives Newt back his egg. But at this point, Jacob has seen that magic is real. Yeah, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Newt is trying to follow his little creature guy into the vault. He opens it and everything. Jacob's there, like, very confused. And the banker that just rejected Jacob is like, oh, you're just going to steal it? So unorthodox. And just (laughs) hits the alarm. Newt and Jacob vanish into the outside. And Newt is about to be like, all right, that was something. Uh, I'm going to obliviate you now. And Jacob's like, what? And he's like, I'm going to erase your memory of everything. And Jacob just, like, whacks Newt in the face with a suitcase and runs off. Uh, Newt tries to uh, get away, but uh, the woman who was watching him with the hot dog earlier approaches him and uh, grabs him, and they apparate into this other corner. And she's like, I'm here with the American Magical Police. You are under arrest for all the things that you just did. And he's like, actually, I have somewhere to go. And she's like, too bad. And she takes him to, like, the Ministry of Magic for America. Mm -hmm. She goes to their president instead of prime minister. And what we've sort of been shown also is that there's another dark being that's wrecking the city. Mm -hmm. And Colin Farrell is like, oh, yeah, something's happening. And these uh, nomads, which are non-magical humans are getting concerned. Mm-hmm. And, like, in the Harry Potter lore, it's, like, a big deal not to use magic in front of muggles. I'm just, no, muggles, nomads, same difference. But, man, they are really, like, just flinging that around, magic in front of these guys. Yeah, it happens a lot for a group of people that are trying not to show magic to in front of them. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so Colin Farrell's, like, a, like a high-up uh, officer, and he's, like, trying to investigate where all these magical destruction's coming from. And Tina, the woman who uh, has captured Newt, tries to walk in and say, I found a guy. And they're like, great, Tina, go wait somewhere else. Like, they've they've just shoved her off. Yeah, and so they've also... Because Tina now is supposedly not, like, an aura anymore. Mm-hmm. He She's, like, been disbarred or whatever, like, no longer working in that field. And she's just basically trying to get into good graces again, but no one's taking her seriously. And so now, Bingham downstairs, Newt, and then they sort of, like, book him, right? Yeah, well, they're trying to, like, you know, process him, and when uh, the the higher-up authorities come down, and they're like, all right, Tina, what do you got for us? And she's like, he's got these magical creatures. Look! And she opens the suitcase, and it's Jacob's pastries. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> who some, saw that coming? Some no wacky one. stuff's happening. Yep. Uh, and then we cut back to Jacob, who we now realize is holding uh, Newt's suitcase full of magical creatures. Uh, he gets home. And then he gets attacked by one, and all, like, three or four other creatures escape and just totally trash the apartment. They're running around New York now, just being wild. And wild and crazy animals. Yep. So then Newt and Tina, you know, go back up to downtown and find out that, oh, shoot, all these things are happening. Let's go, you know, find the source. And they go to Jacob's apartment, find out that Jacob's, like, passed out with the monster still, like, on him. 
put the monster back in the case, and Jacob's now like, whoa, what's going on? And they don't obliviate him because they need his help, right? Yeah, they need because they need him to know like which magical creatures escaped, and they're going to need his help for other things, and also to... I think uh, Tina wants to incriminate Newt, mm. so she needs him as like a witness or something. I don't know, it's a little vague, but basically they keep they make sure that Jacob still has his memory, and Tina takes Newt and Jacob, who is like, Jacob's now suffering from like illnesses because he got attacked by the, the beast, one of the beasts that were in the case. She takes them back to her place where she lives with her sister, Queenie. Queenie, and she's an obscurus. No, she no, is sorry. Uh, Leg- Legolamens. Okay, and what is... I, that, that basically means that she can read people's thoughts. She and Jacob, like, cutely flirt while she starts reading his mind, and he thinks it's nice. And this is kind of the part of the movie that I think is fun, where Jacob gets to see all the magic for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, like, Queenie and Tina make dinner for them, but, like, using magic, and he watches them, like, the process, and he's like, I'm a baker for a living, and I've never tasted anything this good. Just nice. They talk about their lives. A little bit. I mean, we still don't know much about Tina at this point. Right. And Newt is very... He's not good with people. No, he's very socially awkward. Yes. So they have a nice dinner together. Then they they all go to bed. Queenie and Tina are like, all right, just you can stay in this room. Just stay here for now. Right. While we figure out what to do with you. And they give him hot cocoa. Give him hot cocoa. And so they leave. Jacob is sipping on his hot cocoa as Newt opens up his suitcase and, like, walks in and tells Jacob to come with. They bring them down into the suitcase, and it's just, like, a really cool little magical area where all these other animals are living together. Think, like, a, a Disney zoo, you know, yeah. like in Florida. What is that <laughs> thing called? Animal Kingdom? Animal Kingdom? Yeah. It's a really cool, like, suitcase that just has so much space on the inside that you go, and it's, like, on every single terrain you could want. It's got all the all the endangered magical creatures in the world, and Newt take care of, takes care of all of them. It's there that we meet uh, little Twigman, mm-hmm. uh, which... It's so much, so many names. I'm yeah. sorry, guys. Uh, but it's yeah, it's his uh, little little twig friend who has an abandonment problem, so he can't really like ever leave Newt because he's too scared. You know, and setting this up for later. And then there's this big uh, eagle esque creature. Right. So there's the twig creature. There's the eagle creature. There's a bunch of other ones. Like a dumb beetle one. <laughs> no, so he's just literally t- moving around shit. But again, similarly to like the scene with the thing, it's cool to watch Jacob like experience all this magic for the first time. But then Jacob wanders kind of into this Arctic tundra, mm-hmm. and he sees this like glowing like black smoke that he's about to go touch. And Newt says, "Don't touch that." Because that is an Obscurus. Oh, snap. And what does an Obscurus do? Uh, an Obscurus is, like, this dark, like, parasitic force that, like, develops inside of children who are gifted, whether with, like, magic or whatever, but only when they try and suppress their magic. Mm-hmm. So basically, if, like, someone's a wizard, but they're, like, told that they can't be a wizard, you know, possibly, like, some people <laughs> that we've met so far in the uh, New Salem Society. Oh, snap. Uh, they... That, that's how an Obscurus develops, and it just becomes this overwhelming, powerful thing. Newt had taken it from a girl who had died, and typically people who have these things don't live very long. Right. And so now after dealing with all this, Newt says, all right, we should go and try and get these other uh, fantastic beasts. And, and he's like, hey, this creature escaped. What's something that seems like wide-open plains? And Jacob's like, I don't know. Central, Central Park. Park. <laughs> And he's like, we shall go there. And then Jacob's like, do we really want to, you know, hurt Tina and her sister? They gave us cocoa. 
And Newton's like, definitely, we should do yeah, that. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> and then Jacob's like, okay. So they go, and now we go back to a little farther back. The uh, new, what was it, the witch people? Oh, the New Salem Society. Yeah, so the New Salem Society goes and talks to, like, this man who owns a paper company. Yeah, he owns, like, the news, like, the whatever the newspaper is in New York in this universe. Yeah, and that man's son comes up and is like, hey, Dad, look at all these people that believe in wizards. Like, I think we should run a thing about them. Mm-hmm. And the dad's like, get off. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> and he's like, your brother is running for senator right now, and he could be president later. And they basically just blow off the witch people. But, like, the senator brother goes up to Credence, and he's like, get away, you fucking freak. <laughs> and he doesn't swear. Yeah. But it's just... Um, but he's, he's really cruel to Credence just because he... Because, like, these New Salem people are pretty famous in this part of town where they're, like, the crazy people that believe in magic. And all these people are like, you're so dumb, you're such freaks. And he, like, grabs one of the flyers that Credence has puts it in the trash and he's like I'm putting that in the trash where you all belong and I'm like man dude this kid still has like feelings and stuff like you don't need to be such an ass also just side note the guy who plays like the father to like the senator and the father to the guy who brought the New Salem people up uh-huh. it's John Voight yeah. he's like a really like famous big time actor and I did not know he was in this movie until the first time I saw it right and I was like oh okay I guess I guess everyone want, I guess people really do want to be in these uh, in these Harry Potters yeah, man. I just, like, I have a hard time, for, like, believing a guy who's trying to be in politics in New York could be such an asshole, you know? Like, who, who, who does that? <laughs> and moving on. Uh, but, yeah, basically later on in the in the day, uh, Credence is at home. He, like, talks back to the woman who, uh, who like, runs the New Salem mm-hmm. Society, basically forces him to, uh, to, like, make sure that he hurts himself or gets hurt, uh... It's, it's, a, it's a heavy subject matter, so... Yeah, she... Is this the point where he has to take off his belt yeah. and has her, like, whip him mm-hmm. in a way? Yeah. Um, it's really harsh. I don't think we... I don't know if we see it. I know he takes off his belt and they, like, go upstairs. Yeah, they don't, they don't yeah. show it. But it's something where this... I feel like this caretaker needs to be more like a Dolores Umbridge, you know? Like, because I don't... This woman's just been crazy, you know? Like, yeah. she needs to, like be more like particular i feel like we'll get that yeah, into we'll get surgery. Back to that. but basically um, yeah he goes upstairs with the belt uh the little girl who is like insanely obsessed with killing witches uh watches uh a i think we missed this a little bit earlier too but at some point uh credence had also gone to talk to someone in the magical world mm-hmm. uh and we can't see who they are they're like cloaked in shadow and basically they're like all right we just need more information from you credence just hold on uh you want to be part of the wit the magical world and he like Creedence really, like, wants to get out of his, like, home life and the way that he thinks he can get out of it is if he uh, becomes magical or, like, gets in good with wizards and witches. Yeah, they're trying to figure out where the next Obscurus could be coming from. Right. And they they have a they have a feeling it's one of the little girls who lives in the orphanage with Creedence and with the woman who's heading up the New Salem Society. They are like, we saw a vision of this little girl standing right next to this woman, and we saw you right there, too being the one to help us help lead us to her right newt and jacob walking down the street and they have a little bonding moment where they talk about their lives newt's like so uh you know how things go at the bank and jacob's like oh it didn't go very well and then newt's like so you're really good with people right and he's like yeah he's like i'm not very good with people 
<laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, really? Who could have told? Who could have figured that one out? It's it's a cute moment between the two, but it also feels like they really rushed that scene because it only takes place in like two shots. Yeah. It's like first them walking towards the camera, and then they just follow them for the second one. So they see the creature guy that escaped yeah, from... They see the Niffler. The Niffler, the, yeah. The one who likes all shiny stuff. And so he is at a jewelry um, store, of course, and Newt just, like, destroys the window <laughs> and goes after it, and they destroy this whole store. Yeah. And Jacob the whole time is like, oh, yeah, this is normal. Woo! And so they catch this Niffler. Newt walks out, and the cops are all there, and they're, like, about to shoot them. Yeah, they have cocked their guns, and they are ready to... To shoot him, and Jacob's like, they went that way, officer. <laughs> and just as they're about to be annihilated for, quote-unquote, robbing a jewelry store, a lion starts walking down the street. Not a magical lion, just a, a straight-up lion. And the cops are like, the fuck? And just run off, pretty much, right? Yeah, or- they, like, they like run away, and then the Newt and Jacob are just like, oh, no, we need to go to the Central Park Zoo because <laughs> some shit is going down. And so they go to the Central Park Zoo, and Newt's giving Jacob all these, like, things to wear, like a helmet and, a like, basically like a catcher's gear. Yeah. And he's like, you might need this because this guy's a little violent. And I'm sort of like, well, why are you having Jacob come along if he's not going to help, you yeah. know? Anyway, so they go, it, they find the creature. It's like a rhino. Yeah, it's like a rhino with, like, this, like, pulsating, like, hot, like, head, like, mm-hmm. top half. And he's trying, the rhino's trying to mate, I yeah. guess, right? Yeah, the, the rhino's in heat. <laughs> and uh, Newt, for some people, the best moment of this movie, or the worst moment of this movie, does the rhino mating dance? <laughs> Which lasts a while. Yeah, it is like honestly like two minutes worth of him just like and like running around and like. <laughs> and it's it's great. I like it a lot. I I like all the stuff with the magic and the animals and stuff. Uh, but the but yeah, it lasts a while. And Newt, uh, at some point, they're like, "All right, everything's okay." Newt, for some reason, gave Jacob like a mating smell thing, mm-hmm. and Jacob accidentally drops it. And it gets all over himself, oh, yeah. and the rhino's like, <laughs> and he just <laughs> like the fucking skunk from the, the uh, yeah, Pe- uh, Pepe, Pepe Le Pew, and so the rhino's like all about Jacob now, and is chasing him, trying to like mate with him. And I love when they're doing this; they have like really magical, whimsical noise. Like Jacob's like, "Ah, oh, I'm running for my life," and the rhino's like behind. It's like, and it's like, man, you could have put intense music back there or something, like. It's, I like how they're trying to make it a charming moment of Jacob trying to survive. Yeah, well, then Jacob climbs a tree, but the rhino has the ability to just, like, melt. Like things. I thought he was trying to mate with the tree. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's trying to mate with the tree, because he, he really wants Jacob. Well, I think he thinks the tree is the Jacob. Tree is Jacob. <laughs> this is his true form. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to go into the lore but of how this creature mates. The, <laughs> Jacob climbs the tree, but it just kind of explodes from the bottom because of this this creature's power, and he falls to the ground, uh, and they do another chase, and at some point Newt is able to capture this gigantic rhino inside of his suitcase. Yep. I like to think of it like the uh, Fenton Thermos from Danny Phantom, Oh, where okay. it's like these giant things being sucked into this tiny space. <laughs> I they Before he gets sucked up into the suitcase, so the rhino gives Jacob a good little lick. <laughs> and uh, then Newt is like, all right, we got it. And 
so they're walking back. They're having a good time. And then Tina has been watching all this for the whole time and traps them into the suitcase, right? Uh, oh, no. Yeah. They walk into the suitcase, right? They walk into it, and then she, she gets the suitcase. Right. And then, because then she's taking it back to... American Prime Ministry of Magic. <laughs> the M-A-C-U-S-A. Wow, that's the most American... That sounds like what a British person would think the Americans would have. It's like a, it's like a, a worse version of MAGA. MACUSA. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going back to that place, and now we get a scene at the senator's ball, and it's the same senator that called Credence a freak and that he deserves to be in the trash. And he's, like, doing a speech and everything. And this just black orb screensaver-looking thing attacks <laughs> and kills the senator. John Voight is like, what's going on? And, like, he checks his son. His son is, like, you know, sort of bulged up. Like, his everything is everywhere. <laughs> like, I don't know how to describe it. What would you his his son looks like his son, but also doesn't look like his son. He looks like a huge, like, thing of pus. I don't know. How would you describe him? <laughs> He's all cut up. <laughs> he looks like... Oh, cut this out, but he looks like John Voight's true form. <laughs> he, he looks wrong. That's the best way to describe it. And basically... Uh, she gets back. Is that when we go back to the to the Macusa? Yeah, we go back to the Macusa, and everyone's having like a big debate. The president's trying to figure out what to do, and Tina comes in. She's like, "I have uh, this man in this actual suitcase here now. It's not full of pastries. Let free a bunch of animals, and they've been running around New York. And the president's like, "You just bring this to attention after a man has died." Yeah, she, Tina's got really bad timing with everything that she yeah. wants to do. <laughs> and then, so she's unaware that someone's died, and she opens up the suitcase, Newt and Jacob walk out, and the president sentences them to... Well, because they like, basically think that they are conspiring with Grindelwald mm-hmm. to make this, to have, like, made this obscurus, like, kill the senator. Right. And they're like, you can't do this because if, if, they know, if the humans know, or the nomads know that a human was killed by magical means that want to declare war on the wizarding world. So we've got to... Which is, like, pretty big jump. It's like, a pretty big... Especially that you release these magical creatures... Like, okay, it's actually not that big of a jump because he released these magical creatures, but Newt does have an Obscurus in his suitcase, so it's not unreasonable to think that he did release another Obscurus. I guess that's true, but I feel like, oh, no, the county zoo has let go of their animals. We declare war on the county zoo now. Like, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's weird. It's it's a it's one thing to conflate the two things, but I think that is one of those things where they're like as much of a metaphor as you can get in Harry Potter, like in the Magic Wizarding world, that it's like, oh, of course these two bad things happen. They must be related. So that's how I look at it. Okay. I allow it because it it is what it is. But basically, Colin Farrell, sorry, Graves, director of magical security, Percival Graves, uh, sentences them to death. Uh, well, they have like a little well, interrogation scene and everything, and he name drops Albus Dumbledore, and he's like, "Why would this teacher be such a good stand-up? Like, why would he go to bat for you so much?" I don't know. Why don't we find out in Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald opening Ooh. this Friday? Oh snap! <laughs> and so, yeah, they he sentences them to death and sentences Tina too, and so they all like go down into like this one. Again, how are we going to describe this? Like, it like. 
pit of goo, like a sand asylum almost? Yeah, you know, it looks like, and it's like where you'd put a mental patient if, like, you also wanted to torture them and kill them, like, Mm -hmm. at the same time. If you want the the asylum aesthetic (laughs) as you die, that's what it is. Yeah, and so, like, what they do is they grab memories out of your head, fling it into this, like, black goo tar thing, and they have you sit on a chair and relive your life. And so now this is all happening. They sent Tina on it. We see that Tina actually saved Credence from the abusive caretaker at one point, and that's what ended up suspending her order license. And so that's happening. Newt uses his little, what was the stick figure? Uh, A little Twigman. The Twigman. It helps him break out of the cuffs. He saves everyone, and then he grabs Tina, and they run off. Jacob is about to be escorted outside to get his mind erased. And then Tina's sister comes out and uh, saves Jacob, basically. Mm -hmm. And they all meet up outside and decide to go to a bar. Well, they grab Newt's suitcase on the way out. Right, they grab Newt's suitcase. They make sure to grab all the, the, the things, which... Also, remembering this, I always, I in my memory, I thought this scene was, like, part of, like, the climax. Because it seems huge. Like, it's like, they're about to be sentenced to death. It's like, no, this is our midpoint, don't worry. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's true. That is true. Uh, but basically, uh, they decide, yeah, they decide to go to this uh, magical speakeasy. Right. And I gotta get, this, it's got a lot of character, this bar does. But, man, it doesn't really have a lot to do with the overall but plot. man, oh, man. Is it? It's it's fun. It's, it is fun. It's kind of like like Jabba's palace in episode in Return of the Jedi. I mean, at uh, least there in a Return of the Jedi, they're getting Han from you know. But also, you don't need to retrieve Han for the first thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah, okay, that's true. Well, that's a different story. For that's every a different time. review. Of, don't <laughs> wait till Star Wars month part two, guys. <laughs> um, so then we they go. They meet like this gangster elf guy who has information, but uh, they end up, like, negotiating different, like, items to try and find out more information about where the rest of the beasts are. And Elf Dude double-crosses them, but after saying where the other beast is and the Yakuza come and just, like, shoot up the bar with their wands, <laughs> and they leave. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And they just leave them to their to their bar versus gang fight. Yeah. So they go to the one place where the beast is being holed, and they... How do you want to describe this? It's, it's like the growy, shrinky, like... Uh, it's like fink, not fink, snake. I don't know. <laughs> the, I, think, I think it's really clever, but it's also definitely like a side quest. Yeah. Where it's like, we had one more beast to find. But it's basically this, this creature has to grow to the size to like occupy the space that it's in. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool concept. Basically, they like it's like this attic space, and they have a cutesy little little chase to like figure out how to get it in there. And basically, they put the the get the snake, and they trick it into climbing inside of a little teapot mm-hmm. or a teacup. Is a teapot or teacup? Yeah, One of those things. Tea, teacup. It's something no, to teapot. Put tea, yeah, tea teapot. Yeah. yeah. And they close it up, and they've got the beast. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> this this is where the movie just kind of like keeps happening. Yeah, and so they like go back down into the suitcase and everything. They put the snake thing back in. They like are so like in awe of everything. And Tina's sister notices that there's a little 
picture of a woman in Newt's... Hey guys, did you want another connection to the wizarding world of Harry Potter instead of just Fantastic Beasts? Oh yeah, what? Uh, what's, her, what's her name, Taylor? Uh, something Lestrange? Actually, what? I forgot her first name, but her last name is Lestrange. Does that sound any f- familiar to anyone? Like... Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs> and Tina's sister is just like, yeah, isn't that family sort of crazy? <laughs> That's an understatement. Just a little bit. They don't really go back to this at all. Well, they don't go like, back to it until the end. They sort of hint that this is, uh, she's an ex-lover of Newt's and everything, who portrayed his trust, but they don't go into it. And this is the last time we're going to bring her up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then after that's been talked about, we go back to Colin Farrell, who's talking to Credence, saying, like, you need to find the one, this one kid, man, and then you'll, your problems will be fixed and everything. Make yeah. sure you we find sh- the kid. In a weird way, they kept him in shadows the first time, but it's just like, here's Colin Farrell. Yeah. It, it's like, why, why was he a mystery? <laughs> also, we kind of knew it was him the whole time. Yeah, I mean, like, who else would it be at this point? It's not going to be Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> And yeah, Creed, uh, he wants Credence to find the Obscurus. This is where Credence, uh, he finds, like, the wand under his sister's bed. Yeah. He, I got it. And she's like, what is that? And then as they're talking about it, the mom walks in. And she's like, what is this? It's so unorthodox. And she, <laughs> Everything's so unorthodox. <laughs> and so she makes Credence take off the belt and everything. And he, she's about to, like, whip him. And then the belt like flies over, and she's like, "What? What's happening?" So this black screensaver crap attacks <laughs> the Obscurus. <laughs> the Obscurus attacks the caretaker and kills her, looking mm-hmm. like the senator again, puffiness again, everything. Um, and so now we think that it's the little daughter that is the Obscurus. Yes. Well, because also Colin Farrell at this point has said, like, we saw it. We saw the Obscurus come from a little girl who's close to the. Her name's Mary Lou. Mary Lou, the head of the, the New Salem Society, uh, and Credence would leave them to her. They, they all think that it's that it's the little girl, and even Colin Farrell thinks so, and he's like, aha, I found her, and it is weird. It's like, he, he basically has like been talking up Credence this whole time, and then he just just starts railing on Credence, just being like, you'll never be accepted. You're a squib. Yeah. He's like, the thing you benefited from this was that your caretaker mom is dead now. And so she, he goes to talk to the little girl, and she reveals that she isn't the Obscurus. Credence is. Oh, snap. And then Colin Farrell's like, fuck. Oh. <laughs> and he turns around, and he's like, hey, man, look, it's so chill between us. You know what? The thing I said was a joke. And... Which, yeah, Credence is not buying yeah, it. Well, because Credence didn't reveal it because he's like, he knows that he's the thing they're looking for. He needs to, like, stay useful. <laughs> and Credence goes crazy. Yep. He just tears up the whole city up. And now Newt, above this huge building, sees that, that's, you know, the Skiris attacking. And they go and try and take care of him. Leads to them going to the subway. And all the nomads see what's happening, and the wizards, like, put a force field above. And uh, you see John Voight, and he's running, he's like, yeah, make sure to take pictures. This thing killed my son. <laughs> like, take pictures. And I'm going to come back to those pictures in a second. Newt and Colin Farrell, like, have a little, like, fight with their wands. They talk to Newt, talks to Credence a little, being like, hey, it's going to be okay, blah, blah, blah. Tina gets there. They calm him down. But then the president of you know america like the wizarding world the president of magic yeah comes down with a bunch of other people 
and they were like, don't shoot. He's like contained. And then just like literally just boom, 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 like shoot him up. And yeah, they kill Credence basically. Well, kind of. Kind of. We see we see him get like Harry Potter got dark towards the end, but man, they just murdered a child and like he's just torn apart. But Newt off kind of like in the distance, like in like the exposed part of the subway, he sees a little piece of Obscurus just kind of flying out there. Yeah. So, so yeah. that can mean something. We'll see. Go, go see the sequel. We'll go find see. out. Fantastic Beast: The Crimes of Grindelwald this Friday. <laughs> so now, like Colin Farrell goes on like a little speech about how it was messed up that they just killed a kid. And, like, what are we even protecting anymore? Like, why are we protecting us and not these muggles? Like, what do these laws really enforce? And then everyone's like, hmm. hmm. That, that, you sound like a certain terrorist we <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> and so they, like, they all try and fight off, like, literally, like, 50 wizards are just shooting yeah. again at Colin Farrell, and he's blocking all of it. It's a cool fight. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And then <laughs> Newt uses one of his monsters and, like, contains the guy. And I love this one uh, spell. It's called Revealio. Like, nice. Revealio. I wonder what that one does. There's also another spell where it's like, Unlockio. Yeah, no. They're super, so a lot of them are creative using Latin and other, like, you know, old languages. Revealio. <laughs> and so, who, what's revealed? It turns out Graves got plastic surgery because he didn't like looking like Johnny Depp anymore. <laughs> No, the reveal is that Graves has actually been Grindelwald in disguise this whole time. Oh, snap. And he was looking for the Obscurus to destroy things. Yeah, to harness the power and... I'm a little... I'm not 100% certain on Grindelwald's plan right now, which I'm sure people who know the books and know the stories better could tell me. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, like, we can't think of the, of the lore in the long term. If mm-hmm. the movie doesn't explain it to us, then we don't know. But basically, Grindelwald is revealed, as played by Johnny Depp, uh, to be having been uh, Graves, and he's taken into custody, uh, and everyone's like, oh no, like the entire, uh, the entire like non-magical world has like seen everything that's happened. John Voight's just taken a bunch of pictures of this whole incident. And they're like, there's no way we could obliviate everyone in New York. And then Newt goes, but maybe there is. <laughs> and no, his, bar- his bird's name's not Hank, it's Frank. Frank. And basically, there's like a potion that Frank has, and that Newt's like, all right, buddy, be free. And he releases Frank and gets him to like release like this obliviate potion into like the clouds above New York so that it, ra- it rains obliviate. Do we want to get into this now, or no, do we want like the minutia of this? You'd like the whole idea of. Let's get to this that. afterwards. Okay, okay. So, just trust it for what it is. Frank unleashes the Obliviate rain into the sky, and the rain falls, and basically everybody who is non-magical gets hit by the rain, and. Uh, and everyone forgets everything, except for Jacob. He's, like, undercover. <laughs> and so then um, they all say, like, hey, you have to obliviate Jacob's mind. Like, there's no exceptions. And they go up under the subway, little overpass, and they have a heart-to-heart with Jacob. And Jacob's like, yeah, you know, like, I understand. I was just trying to help you guys. Like, you, that's all I need to, for you. Like, Newt, I know. Actually, Newt, why did you, why did you keep me? And Newt's just like, because we're friends. And blah, blah, blah. Oh. And yeah, it's, it's cute, whatever. And then Tina's 
sister is like, oh, no, like, what's her name again? Queenie. Queenie. Queenie's like, yo, well, I like you and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, it can't be. And then Jacob walks into the rain and just <laughs> soaks it up like he's in Shawshank <laughs> and forgets everything. And we Jacob's see- the real hero of this story. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, but he goes out, forgets everything, becomes a normal New Yorker again. And the next day, Newt's about to get on another uh, get on another boat to head back to Europe. Well, not before seeing uh, Jacob at work, mm-hmm. bumps into him, oh, yeah. drops off something, and Jacob's like, "I missed it. You dropped something." And then he opens it, and it's just like a bunch of the dragon. Oh, yeah, I forgot this. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's it's some it's magical stuff so he can put collateral down on getting a bakery. How does a bank know about wizard stuff, you know? It's 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 golden shit, so like it's okay. fine. Sure. Uh, basically, yeah, he gives Jacob what he needs to put down at the bank to get a loan. It's called a Okami eggshells. Oh, because they're made of silver, that's what it is. Oh, uh, okay. So they're it's not magical, it's just made of silver. He yeah, he opens up his bakery. Newt and Tina are like Bye. Yeah, they, like... It's sort of weird that this love thing comes out of nowhere for them. Like, well, it's not been out of nowhere. They're, kind of, they're like, the two outcasts, and they've, like, had moments together where it's like, hey, we need to bond, band together. And I don't think it's ever been, like, super romantic. It's just that, like, hint of, like, there's something here. Yeah. So, basically, he says that he'll come back, like, he'll if he ever s- visit her. He'll visit her whenever he comes back to America. Yeah, and that he'll have a manuscript just for her, and he wants to hand-deliver it. And, okay, cool. Also, he finally put rope on his freaking suitcase. <laughs> and I'm like, you only had to put rope on your suitcase for everything for not to happen, you lazy newt. You lazy newt. But that's okay. He leaves, and our final moment is actually over at Jacob's new uh, new bakery. Yeah. And all of his, all of his little, little things are, like, uh, beast-inspired. It's cute. And he's, like, super happy. He's, like, got this great bakery. And one woman's like... Jacob, how do you think of these crazy ideas? And he's like, I don't know. They just come to me. And then he, like, turns and sees this lovely woman in the sunlight. And who is it, Sam? It's Queenie. Oh, it's Queenie. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, I should have said it was Luke Skywalker. <laughs> uh, no, it's Queenie. She's standing by the door. She smiles at him. And Jacob looks over at her, and it takes him a second. And he's like, oh. And he starts smiling, almost as if he remembers. Oh, snap. And cut to credits. That's the movie. That's fantastic piece, and where to find him? Uh, so after talking about this, uh, overall, what's your thoughts on the plot? Like everything that happened. Um, my favorite stuff is the Grindelwald stuff and like Credence's story. Mm-hmm. I don't really care for the magical beans. Like yeah. I do feel like that's just something we have to hit. Like oh, we need a bee story. What can we do here? And. I mean, in the long term, these beasts don't affect the plot, like, a lot. Like, this is not going to affect Grindelwald. Like, the yeah. fact that the one rhino guy's trying to mate with Jake is not going to make or stop well, <laughs> Grindelwald and, from attacking. And the connection between Newt and his whole crew to the Grindelwald story is so thin. Yeah. Like, it, it's very thin. Like, I get why they're, why they're helping out, and they're like, no, we need to, you know, do the right thing. But it is, it's very uh, uh, nonspecific. I, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I, my favorite part, honestly, is actually all the beast stuff. Really? Because the part of Harry Potter that was cool to me, and I, I really did like the later book, like books and movies, but the earlier stuff where it's all like this, like whimsical, like majesty, and like this really cool stuff where you get to see all these magical things happen, and it looks so real, 
and like when they're kids and they're just discovering all this that like part of it was super fun for me and I really liked that and I did like the stuff later on where it got serious and dark and the, the plot was like you know from movie to movie it's like alright we need to do this thing so we can stop the Dark Lord but I, there was a part that was missing for the last few movies where there was just no more the magic didn't feel magical anymore Okay. and this kind of for me had the not the best of both worlds but a good amount of the both worlds where it had Fantastic Beasts which is colorful and so much fun and, but then at the same time, it also had, like, this gray, like, darkness where it's, like, underneath all this magical stuff that you're seeing, there's, there's, there's a darkness and that you need to, you know, fight Grindelwald and this bigger, bigger power. And I didn't, I didn't, I still liked the stuff with Grindelwald. Yeah. And the, the overall plot where, you know, they're trying to save the magical world and save New York. But for me, the, char- the charm came from the stuff with Dan Fogler playing Jacob. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the beasts doing their things. Like, I probably could have just watched, uh a whole movie that was not, that didn't have any Grindelwald plot, and it was just them recapturing beasts. Because that was just fun. And, like, the plot along the way is, like, the love story between the two couples. Yeah, I I like the Grindelwald stuff just a lot better, because I feel like, oh, here are the actual stakes and everything, where, like, no one really cares that these beasts are free. Like, when Tina first brings it up to the president, she's like, fine, go get them. Why yeah. are you talking to me? And... It just never feels like it's, like, the end of the world type stuff where Grindelwald's definitely like, all right, damn, he's here. We got to fix him up. He's Voldemort before Voldemort. Yeah. I, th- I think the problem with the fantastic, with the Beast stuff, like the collection, is because the other plot is in there with Grindelwald, it just doesn't feel as important mm-hmm. because it's like, who cares if we collect these magical creatures if the world ends? Which is why I think this movie is so middle of the road, like, divisive between people because the people that like the magical stuff don't like the Grindelwald stuff, and the people that like the Grindelwald stuff don't like the magical stuff. That's true. Where I like both, but I definitely have a, a preference toward the, the beasts. Which, yeah, which is why I think a lot of people are like, this movie was middle of the road, and then The Crimes of Grindelwald is very specifically going to be the story of capturing Grindelwald. And I'm excited for that. Like, at least that stuff, from what we've seen, because we haven't seen the movie yet, like, it connects to Harry Potter a bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, Jude Law is Albus Dumbledore. Which, I am nervous, fair, but... If Dumbledore's, like, whatever, hundreds of years old, why does he look so much younger, like, 80 years earlier? Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Um, um, so, yeah, I think those are our overall thoughts, which I'm actually... I'm kind of, It's kind of fun that we both feel the same about the movie, but like different parts of it. So I'm excited to see what you would want to change versus what I would want to change. Yeah, um... Should we just dive into surgery? Let's do it. Let's cut this body open. Let's cut this fantastic beast open. Okay. So what do we want to focus on? Because uh, I want to focus more on the Grindelwald stuff. Whereas I would or, want to focus more on the beast stuff. Right. So what if we what if we made two different scripts here? What if what if you doctor one version and I doctor another and we can we can still take pieces of each other's? Well, like I think we need the fantastic beast stuff there. Like mm-hmm. there needs to be something about that. But well, like I think if we're going to go on your side and do it more on the Grindelwald side of things, I think the beasts don't need to be as big a part of it. Mm-hmm. I think that all you need is just Newt is there because he's trying to find a home for Frank. Okay. And then from there, Newt, like, has has gotten word, like, f- from Dumbledore that, like, hey, the magical world over at in America has, like, we, ha- we have intelligence to, to think that Grindelwald is over there. I need you to, uh, you know not infiltrate but like go over there and he's like all right but only if i can drop off my favorite eagle i'm fine with that because he 
in this movie is trying to like bring him to Arizona. Yeah. So like I'm fine with the beast stuff being there. I just want to focus more on the Grindelwald side of it all, like Credence. Like mm-hmm. I want us to hate hate caretaker and the um, mom character. We should hate Mary Lou. The, is that her name? I think that's her real okay. name. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we want to hate Mary Lou a bit more because she is such a s- footnote in all this. And I mean, dude, she does some messed up stuff. Well, there, because we're only talking about the beasts part and the Grindelwald stuff, but there are two other plots going on at the same time, which is Credence, which he fits into both of their plots, but it's really Credence's story also. Yeah. Where it's like there's that whole no, you know, New Salem society. And then there's this weird other plot with the newspaper and the senator's son, which I know is, like, it's an instigating thing. Mm-hmm. But why is there so much focus on that? It's it's bizarre. So I guess that it really is the, what do we need to focus on. So, like, are we still keeping th- the I, editor's son stuff? I think, I think we keep – I think we keep portions of it. Um, it's it's hard to decide which stuff to keep, but I think if we're going to stick with the Grindelwald story and mm-hmm. keep that as the focus, uh, I think that Credence has Credence has more access to the magical world, like like Graves has given him, or I guess Grindelwald slash Graves has given him more access to that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And like uh, Credence is almost like a, like a double like a like a kind of a double agent, where he's living with his New Salem mother but also doing all these things for the magical world. But I think we could include him in the plot more where they're like, the, the magical world is like trying to send him to be like, all right, we know Grindelwald is in like the real world. You need to go like help us go find him. Like I almost want him to be in like in with the, the Macusa more, mm-hmm. or the M-A-C-U-S-A more. And it's not just Graves that betrays him. It's the it's society, like it's the entire society as a whole. They're like, oh no, we, we used you, Muggle. Go fuck yourself. Okay. Like I And I, so he's actually Grays is Grays, not Grindelwald. That, that is something I was like wanna do. I okay. think Graves should just be Graves. Okay. I think Grindelwald is just Grindelwald. Because why are they the same person? Because it's a twist. That's basically it. Yeah, I th- I think that honestly I don't think you show Grindelwald at all in this movie. Uh huh. Or if you do like very briefly at the end, and this the whole thing is like I hate misunderstandings, but I do think it's a good, like, misunderstanding story. Okay. Where the Mac Yusa has just been assuming that Grindelwald is doing all these things, and they've been, like, using their, you know, political power or whatever to, like, mess with the, the non-magical world. And it'd be like, no, we need to do whatever it takes to, like, get what we need, and it's, it's shown very much so in the character of Credence. Mm-hmm. And so that's when Newt shows up to kind of be a foil, to be, like, come over and try and show them the more sympathetic side, to be like, no, here's, like magical creatures we can we can figure out how to find Grindelwald in this more peaceful way and like not have to worry as much about double crossing people and murdering senators to like get what we not want I think that does add a little more extra layer to like if they are just using Credence to find Grindelwald and then at the end just obliviate him or like shoot him up obliterate yeah obliterate him they shouldn't make those words the same yeah (laughs) but and then at the end after they kill quote unquote Credence, then Grindelwald's like, I just want to, like, he appears and he's like, I just want you to point out that you killed an innocent kid and my side is actually right now because you did all this just to find me. Yeah, and if he, if he does whatever magic, like, hold, like, hold on to that moment. Yeah. And, like, he goes wherever and shows, like, look at how awful the American magic society is. And then he shows it to, like, you know, whatever, the European magic society and like, yeah. the African magic society. Well, because maybe that's his jumping up point to, like, gaining momentum. Like, mm-hmm. look, they're doing all this, and 
I mean, I guess he's done some messed up stuff, so maybe it's justified, but, like, it does the means justify the end, really. And And he's he's basically just being like, yeah, this... This entire, you know, group over here is, like, completely wrong. Follow me and let me be your, you know, yeah, we need to leader. we need to take down the government and start new. And, I mean, if you're showing that, like, you know, propaganda, I'm sure you're yeah. going to get more people onto it. But how would you want kind of Newt to fit into the story more, like, specific? Like, what does he... Because I, I, like, I like what I said, like, about him being, like, you know, the positive energy. But what does he, like, do in the movie specifically? Uh, I mean, he could just be trying to get more fantastic beasts like oh there's this like very ancient little <laughs> creature here but maybe maybe he's also trying to find grindelwald for dumbledore mm-hmm. like maybe that's his undercover thing like yeah i'm here to find animals but really he's like so this grindelwald guy uh, blah, blah blah and that's like dumbledore's thing the crazy thing though is that the trailer for the new fantastic beast movie kind of looks like that's what this movie is uh-huh or like what that is because you see Dumbledore coming up and being like, Newt, you need to find Grindelwald. And then Grindelwald is building up an army. And <laughs> the crazy thing is, we could get into this later, but I do think that you could have skipped this entire movie. Probably. And just done the crimes of Grindelwald if you're going to continue this plot. If we can like just hear build Grindelwald more up as a character and really see and hear what he does, mm-hmm. because... The only stuff we really get with Grindelwald before the end is the newspaper stuff. Like, yeah. Grindelwald's evil. Ah, and, and we see him, you know, fire blast a bunch of wizards. Right, but, like, at that point, we don't know it's Grindelwald, I guess. I mean, we can yeah. assume. Well, but. I think because you see him, and then you see the back of his head, and then you go into this headline that's like, Grindelwald. And it's like, okay, that's probably Grindelwald. Yeah. Uh, for Newt, I'm trying to th- Like, maybe he is genuinely trying to take Credence under his wing and show him about the magical world. Because yeah. then he could sort of fill Jacob's role in this. Like, I don't want to cut Jacob out completely, but I think, like, honestly, in this version, what is Jacob doing? I don't think we get to put Jacob in this version. Yeah. Which is sad because he is my favorite character from Me too. this uh, movie. But I think to make the movie as a whole better, I think you need to do that. And I think Credence... Credence is, like like almost the semi-lead at this point Mm -hmm. because I do think it should be kind of the battle like between the two where Credence is in the middle and it's you know Magical USA trying to take him and be like follow us and just follow all our orders and Newt's like you should do what's right and follow orders but like there's another there's another way of going about things right and then then I think the twist of uh, Credence being an Obscurus would be even bigger because he, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been expecting him to be that creature, especially if instead of Jacob, Credence finds the Obscurus in Newt's suitcase, mm-hmm. and is like looking at it because he knows what it is, and then Newt comes up and is like, "Oh, be careful, don't not to touch that." Right. Well, I think it also like if we build more of a relationship between Credence and Newt, when Credence gets killed, Newt's like enti- like entire beliefs gets like sort of shattered. Like, whoa, you just killed this innocent kid, and Grindelwald could be like, "Hey, again, like." Look at this. They yeah. killed this innocent kid. And that could almost be like a thing where uh, Grindelwald's trying to get Newt on his side. Yeah, exactly. If he does, then he has like access to all these fantastic beasts and like the science of the magical world, which could be part of what his plan was for from the beginning. Uh, and, of course, Newt's a good guy, so he's not going to do that. Right, but it's still like, you know, there's a legit argument at that point. No, and I think and it would be good because the only interaction Newt and Credence ever have is that interaction right before he gets killed. Yeah. Like, their first meeting is in the subway where he's like, hey, Credence, everything's okay. You're fine. And then he and Graves fight. And then he sees him again. He's like, everything's going to be okay. And then they kill him. Mm-hmm. Which 
affects him on a moral level, but it doesn't affect him personally. Yeah. So I do think if they if Credence took the Jacob role, that would uh, that would fulfill a lot more. Because then if we do just copy and paste Jacob's role or copy Credence's role into now Jacob's role, like if at the bank he's seeing all this happening and then like he gets a rap, you know, like taken outside and Newt's like, hey, don't tell anyone Credence, like blah, blah, blah. Like Credence like sort of has like an identity crisis because he's like, oh, well, like, I need to tell my mom this is true. But wait, I hate my mom. I want to get out. And this yeah. guy like maybe he's nice. So he's like confused about that and then that's where newt shows him everything yeah and, and i think it adds a lot of layers to all of their characters because mm-hmm. it's I, these are all things that you can infer about them but you really get to see like the depths of the choices that credence has to make every single day right being a magical person wanting to be more of them in the magical world but also having a loyalty to mary lou because she did take him in mm-hmm. and like give him a home do you think the mary lou should that like should Grindelwald be pulling the strings? Like, what if he is like also Mary Lou? Like he's torturing yeah. this one kid, I, and that's I really what's don't think so. too much. I, I think it's too much because I also I really just want Credence's life to be messed up. Okay. Because of just one horrible person who like wasn't this mastermind thing. Because mm-hmm. it's it's I, I mean it's not not personally relatable, but it's a very relatable concept to know that to like have a an adult figure like a guardian who's like you put all your faith in and you know you don't like but you just have to live with them and you're like but this is the person who like took care of me right and that's I think that adds a lot to Credence's character that he he truly believes and this person is real as the person who took him in at his at his lowest okay and I think because I think Grindelwald can only be pulling the strings so much mm-hmm. as much of a mastermind as he is I think he he sees the opportunities and takes them rather than making all of them happen. Right. He sees all the chess pieces and then he's the one who make who moves them rather than creating the chess pieces. Okay. So then we still will have this mystery if like that credence is the obscurest and everything. Mm-hmm. Is credence still like going around having these temper tantrums with senators and destroying stuff like how do we do we have that subplot still of the obscurest attacking stuff or is it now just completely trying to find Grindelwald I, th- and I think the obscurest Magic still can attack stuff uh-huh. but I don't think we need to spend time with the senator I think we could easily just jump into well he had first attacks that building and like tears it down right and then it's like around at another part and then it kills the senator I think we just jump straight into the senator scene and it's like we could be confused for a second like the audience would be like why are we watching the senator but then, you know, you see the banner, you know how important that person is, and it just comes and destroys them and kills them. Okay. And then that's just, like, that's an extra part where then they're at this point, like, things have gotten, like, things have gotten worse. Because I almost imagine this movie taking place over maybe a few days or a couple weeks instead. Okay. And I think that's, like, at this point, the Obscurus has done small things, but the Senator thing is, like, where it's, that's where it's hit the, the, the breaking point. <laughs> So do we also think that this Obscurus is being controlled by Grindelwald? And, like, these are the attacks? Okay. I think that's what the the Macusa is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also don't think that's what they call themselves, but I want to call them Macusa. Okay. Uh, But I think that's what what they think this whole time, is that they think the Obscurus is related to Grindelwald in some way, and that's why they're like, we need to destroy it. Okay. That's, I like that. Which is why the twist at the end when Grindelwald is like, Actually, I wasn't controlling him. I was just letting him do his thing. You just killed a child. And that's, like, his big thing, where, like, he's setting these things up to get attacked. He's setting them up, but it all comes down to the choices that these people make. Mm -hmm. And that, 
again, makes it such a... Com- it would make a very complex political, philosophical, <laughs> wizarding movie where you'd have to, like, realize that Grindelwald's wrong, but he's... Or Grindelwald's wrong, but he's also somewhat right. Yeah, in, like, certain ways. I think I think it's good to consolidate on characters, make it take place over a little more time, and, you know, give, give Credence more stuff to do because he's is a really good character and especially Ezra Miller playing him mm-hmm. he's really good yeah no and I like when I first watched it I definitely was like oh my god they killed him like that's so sad but I feel like they aren't really gonna bring that up I think, they, later. I think they are yeah the, the little flickering away uh-huh. and like I'm pretty sure this is just like a, a production thing I've seen Ezra Miller's name on the on the cast list oh the so, spoilers I mean spoilers but also if you go on IMDB like okay it's there I mean again that could just be one of those fake out things because like in, uh, like I mean, in Infinity War, they like uh, Ant Man and like other like characters, Hawkeye. That, yeah, Hawkeye, mm-hmm. and everyone. They were they were like on the cast list, mm-hmm. but they weren't actually in the movie. Okay. So I, he also just could not be, and maybe they're saving him for later, or they drop the plotline entirely. So sorry, that was a that was a fake out spoiler that could, <laughs> could, be, could be a thing. But I, I feel like it would be a bit of a waste not to bring that character back mm-hmm. because. Besides Jacob, Credence is probably the best character that came out of this movie. I agree. Do we want to talk about the magic memory eraser stuff? Uh, yeah. Do we, Do you want to do this as a surgery thing, or do you want to pop out of this and just go straight into... Uh, let's talk... We could talk about it as a surgery thing. Like, how... The climax in all these muggles see everything. Nomad, sorry. Like, is there another way for us to fix this around where it doesn't have to be such a wow, that is, like, a very broad idea you're trying to have me ingest right now. Because... That the rain, like, obliviates everyone's memory? Obliviates everyone's memory, erases all the pictures that were taken. Because not everyone stands in the rain for a day that would have seen that, you know? Like, there's a couple of people... I'm sure, yeah, there are people that were inside all day. But if they were inside all day, would they have seen all the destruction? I mean, maybe they saw it and, like, ran to their... House and we're like, mom, dad, there's wizards and blah, blah. like yeah, maybe that's still like five percent of everything, and those are just like the crazy people that see it. But well, yeah, because I, I think the yeah the destruction just needs to be less so. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe just confined to either one building or that one section of the subway, and only so many people get to see it. So you've got the force field around the subway, and like a few people see it, but basically. The, the the Macusa uh, go into like go into whatever building and just like one by one just like obliviate people like at their in their in their homes because mm-hmm. I think that would also show kind of like the like the not the brutality but like the them just being willing to do whatever it takes to like keep the secret safe yeah I sort of like that actually a lot better too like just being like we're gonna just barge in and attack anyone and like wipe their memories because they can't know yeah because then it's like Damn, that's like very patriot act is. Yeah, and then like, I think the and then there could easily also be you know just a very small section where like there's an apartment where they didn't see anything, and they just break in. It's like, what are you doing? Like these people are so scared. And they're like, we need to obliviate you. Like like we don't we do, we don't know what's going on, and it's just it's brutal. Yeah, that could I think that's actually a really good idea, because then that gives more feel to Grindelwald being like, look, these guys are the extremists. They're breaking yeah. into uh, innocent nomad houses and I think that like it sets you up for an even like better sequel where you like get you have you have Grindelwald like ready like because you you've still accomplished your goal you've eliminated the Obscurus 
uh, you know, Newt gets what he wants, the the society gets what they want, but also Grindelwald gets what he wants. Yeah. And then you set up this other movie where now they all have to, like, figure their shit out to defeat Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. Do, is there a way we make these wizard American people better at the end? Like, or is that what we're trying to be like, no, these guys are messed up, like, no, this they, isn't cool? If we're going to make this a series and it's going to be the Fantastic Beasts, you know, five-movie series that J.K. Mm-hmm. Rowling's trying to do, you make them awful. You, you make them awful in this movie, and it's it's up to the rest of the movies to to make them a better society. Okay. And that's that's like that's the overall like big big world arc that they're going for because it's Newt doesn't really have much of an arc. Newt's just the the protagonist. He's the hero. He's the one that needs to come in and like tell you what's right and what's wrong. Uh huh. And it needs to be society is the thing that needs to change. Do you, I mean, the thing that sort of sucks is that this is a prequel, Mm -hmm. so it's like, okay, yeah, the people, nomads, muggles, aren't going to find out about magic. Is that, does that handicap the film at all? Yes, absolutely. Okay. This entire series is handicapped by the fact that we know Harry Potter exists, and that we know all of this is going to be okay. Like, does it, do, could it take place after Harry Potter? I think it could. Like, I, I, I guess we that. couldn't use Grindelwald or, like, Dumbledore at this point. And you couldn't have Grindelwald and you couldn't have Dumbledore. Well, you could still have Dumbledore, but you'd have to go well, beyond and just turn, well... You can't no, really. you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's a force ghost. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to have whoever the new uh, headmaster is of, uh, of Hogwarts. But I think you could do it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Unless in in the crimes of Grindelwald, they do a thing where they're gonna they're gonna completely uh, out of left field do something where someone shows up with a time turner, and they're like, okay. yeah, I know, okay, and they'd show up from like they'd be like, I'm from a hundred years in the future, <laughs> and it's like, that's the only way that I think this this series kind of has stakes, because the thing that matters about these movies is the fact that uh, we get to see more magical stuff. There's no, there is no stakes. Yeah. Sorry, guys. There's, it's, it's, it's all about the journey. Yeah. To make the journey good. I agree. Yeah. I, so, which I, is why I like this deeper, like you know, less characters, more layered understanding, because we also don't know anything about the American magical world. So if we actually get to see what happens with them mm-hmm. over time, I think that would that's the real thing that has stakes is seeing the American magical world change as a whole. No, I agree. And there are characters we don't need. Like, we don't need a Queenie. Honestly, it doesn't. we haven't talked about Tina that much. Yeah, she's... I don't think we need her. I think it, it'd be cool to have her kind of... If she is still in the movie, I think she's following Newt around, like, almost as, like, a uh, an advisor. Uh-huh. Like she still gets demoted because she helped out Credence earlier in life, and I think she... Well, the, maybe that also brings up things that she starts questioning, like, I can't help this innocent kid who's being abused. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I? What not the whole point of us not having these laws to protect muggles? Like, th- that... I'm trying to protect one, but you're not letting me. And then again, Grinnell like, hey, <laughs> you, t- you tried to save this kid, and blah, yeah. blah. No, I, th- I think it's a good idea. I think bring Tina in to kind of be like... Because her, you know, complete moral foundation gets flipped where like Newt probably believes like yeah we should save muggles and like he probably is the outsider where Tina would be the person who the beliefs get shattered and she doesn't believe in the system anymore for 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 one protecting Credence and then seeing how they kill him and used him no I think I like that okay I like that too
I'm happy about these changes. I like. I still think I like the Beasts part of this movie better, but I do think it makes for a better overall movie and a better series if you're going to do more after this. Right. To do to focus on the Grindelwald and the Obscurus part of the story. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm good with all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, my idealized version of the Beasts part is just the Newt and Jacob and Tina and Queenie <laughs> wandering around New York City trying to find all those creatures. Well, because that feels like a video game, you know? Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. That's, that's the spin-off version. Yeah, exactly. It's the tie-in game. But, um, yeah, okay, I'm good, too. I, I actually really like the changes we had for this. Um, it was all, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Awesome. So, uh, let's go. Uh, are we going to talk about other things now? Like, sure. I want to hear about your thoughts on, on Harry Potter as a whole. Like, what's your, because what, I know you were talking about reading the books and doing that with your with your mom, but, like, how do you feel about, like, the movies? Uh, and where, do you, where does this fit into your, I guess, <laughs> the Star Wars, like, rankings, but, like, just specifically this movie, like, where does this fit into the Harry Potter for you? It would be lower tier on the films, definitely. I, It's harder because I compare the films to the books, and we don't have that for this. Uh, I don't have to worry about that. I didn't read the books. Oh, man, you are missing out. Oh, boy. Yeah, I've been you told. You should really listen to those books. My girlfriend says I can't marry her until I read the books. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be, like, getting married and stuff, and instead of, like, the Bible, you're reading Harry Potter. Right, yes. <laughs> and now we're reading from the Deathly Hallows, 123. <laughs> and, you know, they'll, she'll have a wand, and that's how they'll make you together. It's like, oh, you are now togetherist. <laughs> togetherist. <laughs> Marriedist. But, yeah, my, uh, on the same subject, my sister is actually going to a Harry Potter-themed wedding soon, or... Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, it'll already have happened. We, I'm not sure on the timetable. We'll need we'll need a follow up for that. We'll, yeah, I'll, next time we do a Harry Potter related thing, I'll I'll fill you guys <laughs> in on how that went. Because uh, I got Snapchats from her today that was like, and here are like the Quidditch candies, oh, or no, the, man, uh, the snitch candies, no, the golden snitches. Yeah, damn, that's cute. Uh, but in general, like this would be lower tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite book. In the Harry Potter series is also sort of a hot take, um, is the Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And so that is my least favorite movie also. That's my least favorite movie too. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, I, I don't think it's bad. I, I I give Order of the Phoenix shit, like, a lot. Uh-huh. But, God, you cannot, I cannot tell you anything that happens in that movie until the very end. Dolores Umbridge, that actress does a great job with it. Like I, I, guess. I hate I, her. I just have I just have a vague understanding of who Dolores Umbridge is. Like I have a memory, but I couldn't tell you when it takes place. I was mm. like, oh Dolores. But the thing that sticks in my mind is like movie number five is like the serious black stuff at the end. Yeah. And that was like the biggest stuff for me in that book. And I just like it more because it goes into a lot of lore of Harry Potter. Like we get a lot more backstory on everything. And it's the thickest book, shortest movie. That's not how it should happen. Yeah, that's... It's. I mean, to be fair, as far as I know from the book, it's a lot of internal monologue from Harry. So it would be hard to translate a lot of that on screen. Yeah, I guess. But anyways... Um, but yeah for, yeah, for me, it ranks a little bit lower. I think for Fantastic Beasts, it's just above Order of the Phoenix for me. Oh, uh, okay, damn. Because I, 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 I do still like Order of the Phoenix, like... It's just forgettable for me. Yeah. And I do like Fantastic Beasts. It is also just a little bit forgettable. Like, for me, I was doing great for that first half of the movie, but then I mm-hmm. started forgetting a lot of what happens in the second half. Especially mm. when we get from, uh, uh, like, when we're done capturing that fir- like that rhino beast. Yeah. Until the very end. I was like, okay, these things kind of happen, which is why I thought the stuff with, like, killing Newt and Tina happens so much later. Uh, I agree. Yeah, so that's... 
uh, overall, I think it's, it's solid. It's, it's just very okay. And so, I guess, hot take, what's your favorite Harry Potter movie? Uh, or not even hot take. It's uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, okay, cool. of course. Yeah. No, that's, for me, it's that one and possibly Deathly Hallows Part 2 as, like, a little bit of a tie. But I think Prisoner of Azkaban has a has a leg up on that one. I think you need to watch all the other Harry Potters to re- appreciate Deathly Hallows Part 2. No, yeah, I agree. You could just put on Prisoner of Azkaban and sort of understand everything that's happening on, like, you know, Part 2, where it's True. like, well, oh, the, who's this elf that just died? But I think that is the first three. You could probably pop on at any time and you're fine. But then when you get from four onwards, you do need the context of the earlier movies. I would say five on, because four you could probably understand, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, it is what it is, but yeah, I overall like it, uh, and I am excited for Crimes of Grindelwald, because it does look a lot more focused on the story, mm-hmm. and I kind of know where it's going, at least a little bit, and they're still figuring out a way to bring all these old characters back in, right? while also introducing this like new element of magical crimes. Yeah. Nope, I, I am also excited. We'll see where it goes. Maybe we'll be talking about that in a little bit, but hey. we'll see. We'll see. Uh... I guess more fun facts about Fantastic Beasts. It was the first Harry Potter movie to win an Oscar. Oh, really? For what? None of the earlier seven did. Uh, for costume design. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I, <laughs> yep. forgot to say, I did actually really like the costume, so good they won an Oscar. I'm happy yeah. for that. Uh, I look at it a little annoyed how grayscale a lot of the Harry Potter movies get later on, and especially this one. Uh-huh. But, like, it's a really good color scheme, like, for what they're doing. Yeah. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. stuff. All right, let's, uh, let's call it there. Thank you guys for listening. As always, if you want our latest content, please subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram, like our Facebook page. It's all just Dr. Script. If you have the time, please give us five stars on iTunes. That helps us a lot and shows iTunes that we're legit AF with y'all cool fans and wizards. And whatnot. Man, it sounded like you were really trying to speak to the kids right there. <laughs> <laughs> wizards, yippee. Yippee. Oh, no. Well, this has been, uh, once again, a magical time. Yes. Uh, I've been enjoying it. Again, subscribe. Have fun. Tell us what you want us to like talk about or fix if there's a movie that you really like or really don't like and kind of want to see what our thoughts on that. Uh, please, you know, Hit us up on all that social media, uh, and we'd be love to hear from you. Yep, we would. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening again. We'll be back next week. Uh, yeah, it's Wizard here, bros. Oh, what a good wizard time. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>